Chapter Sixteen of Christ's Object Lessons. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by J. L. Baldwin. Christ's Object Lessons by Ellen G. White. Chapter Sixteen: Lost and Is Found. The parables of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the prodigal son bring out in distinct lines God's pitying love for those who are straying from him. Although they have turned away from God, he does not leave them in their misery. He is full of kindness and tender pity toward all who are exposed to the temptations of the artful foe. In the parable of the prodigal son is presented the Lord's dealing with those who have once known the Father's love, but who have allowed the tempter to lead them captive at his will. A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. This younger son had become weary of the restraint of his father's house. He thought that his liberty was restricted. His father's love and care for him were misinterpreted, and he determined to follow the dictates of his own inclination. The youth acknowledges no obligation to his father and expresses no gratitude, yet he claims the privilege of a child in sharing his father's goods. The inheritance that would fall to him at his father's death he desires to receive now. He is bent on present enjoyment and cares not for the future. Having obtained his patrimony, he goes into a far country, away from his father's home. With money in plenty and liberty to do as he likes, he flatters himself that the desire of his heart is reached. There is no one to say, Do not do this, for it will be an injury to yourself, or Do this because it is right. Evil companions help him to plunge ever deeper into sin, and he wastes his substance with riotous living. The Bible tells of men who, professing themselves to be wise, became fools, and this is the history of the young man of the parable. The wealth which he has selfishly claimed from his father he squanders upon harlots. The treasure of his young manhood is wasted. The precious years of life, the strength of intellect, the bright visions of youth, the spiritual aspirations, all are consumed in the fires of lust. A great famine arises, he begins to be in want, and he joins himself to a citizen of the country who sends him into the field to feed swine. To a Jew this was the most menial and degrading of employments. The youth who has boasted of his liberty now finds himself a slave. He is in the worst of bondage, holden with the cords of his sins. The glitter and tinsel that enticed him have disappeared, and he feels the burden of his chain. Sitting upon the ground in that desolate and famine-stricken land, with no companions but the swine, he is fain to fill himself with the husks on which the beasts are fed. Of the gay companions who flocked about him in his prosperous days, and ate and drank at his expense, there is not one left to befriend him. Where now is his riotous joy? Stilling his conscience, benumbing his sensibilities, he thought himself happy. But now, with money spent, with hunger unsatisfied, with pride humbled, with his moral nature dwarfed, with his will weak and untrustworthy, with his finer feelings seemingly dead, he is the most wretched of mortals. What a picture here of the sinner's state! Although surrounded with the blessings of his love, there is nothing that the sinner, bent on self-indulgence and sinful pleasure, desires so much as separation from God. Like the ungrateful son, he claims the good things of God as his by right. 
he takes them as a matter of course and makes no return of gratitude renders no service of love as cain went out from the presence of the lord to seek his home as the prodigal wandered into the far country so do sinners seek happiness and forgetfulness of god whatever the appearance may be every life centered in self is squandered whoever attempts to live apart from god is wasting his substance he is squandering the precious years squandering the powers of mind and heart and soul and working to make himself bankrupt for eternity the man who separates from god that he may serve himself is the slave of mammon the mind that god created for the companionship of angels has become degraded to the service of that which is earthly and bestial this is the end to which self-serving tends if you have chosen such a life you know that you are spending money for that which is not bread and labor for that which satisfieth not there come to you hours when you realize your degradation alone in the far country you feel your misery and in despair you cry o oh, wretched man that i am who shall deliver me from the body of this death it is the statement of a universal truth which is contained in the prophet's words cursed be the man that trusteth in man and maketh flesh his arm and whose heart departeth from the lord for he shall be like a heath in the desert and shall not see when good cometh but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land and not inhabited god maketh his sun to rise on the evil and on the good and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust but men have the power to shut themselves away from sunshine and shower so while the sun of righteousness shines and the showers of grace fall freely for all we may by separating ourselves from god still inhabit the parched places in the wilderness the love of god still yearns over the one who has chosen to separate from him and he sets in operation influences to bring him back to the father's house the prodigal son in his wretchedness came to himself the deceptive power that satan had exercised over him was broken he saw that his suffering was the result of his own folly and he said how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare and i perish with hunger i will arise and go to my father miserable as he was the prodigal found hope in the conviction of his father's love it was that love which was drawing him toward home so it is the assurance of god's love that constrains the sinner to return to god the goodness of god leadeth thee to repentance a golden chain the mercy and compassion of divine love is passed around every imperiled soul the lord declares i have loved thee with an everlasting love therefore with loving-kindness have i drawn thee the son determines to confess his guilt he will go to his father saying i have sinned against heaven and before thee and am no more worthy to be called thy son but he adds showing how stinted is his conception of his father's love make me as one of thy hired servants the young man turns from the swineherds and the husks and sets his face toward home trembling with weakness and faint from hunger he presses eagerly on his way he has no covering to conceal his rags but his misery has conquered pride and he hurries on to beg a servant's place where he was once a child little did the gay thoughtless youth as he went out from his father's gate dream of the ache and longing left in that father's heart when he danced and feasted with his wild companions little did he think of the shadow that had fallen on his home and now as with weary and painful steps he pursues the homeward way he knows not that one is watching for his return but while he is yet a great way off the father discerns his form love is of quick sight 
not even the degradation of the years of sin can conceal the son from the father's eyes he had compassion and ran and fell on his neck in a long clinging tender embrace the father will permit no contemptuous eye to mock at his son's misery and tatters he takes from his own shoulders the broad rich mantle and wraps it around the son's wasted form and the youth sobs out his repentance saying father i have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son the father holds him close to his side and brings him home no opportunity is given him to ask a servant's place he is a son who shall be honored with the best the house affords and whom the waiting men and women shall respect and serve the father said to his servants bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry for this my son was dead and is alive again he was lost and is found and they began to be merry in his restless youth the prodigal looked upon his father as stern and severe how different his conception of him now so those who are deceived by satan look upon god as hard and exacting they regard him as watching to denounce and condemn as unwilling to receive the sinner so long as there is legal excuse for not helping him his law they regard as a restriction upon men's happiness a burdensome yoke from which they are glad to escape but he whose eyes have been opened by the love of christ will behold god as full of compassion he does not appear as a tyrannical relentless being but as a father longing to embrace his repenting son the sinner will exclaim with the psalmist like as a father pitieth his children so the lord pitieth them that fear him in the parable there is no taunting no casting up to the prodigal of his evil course the son feels that the past is forgiven and forgotten blotted out forever and so god says to the sinner i have blotted out as a thick cloud thy transgressions and as a cloud thy sins i will forgive their iniquity and i will remember their sin no more let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our god for he will abundantly pardon in those days and in that time saith the lord the iniquity of israel shall be sought for and there shall be none and the sins of judah and they shall not be found what assurance here of god's willingness to receive the repenting sinner have you reader chosen your own way have you wandered far from god have you sought to feast upon the fruits of transgression only to find them turn to ashes upon your lips and now your substance spent your life plans thwarted and your hopes dead do you sit alone and desolate now that voice which has long been speaking to your heart but to which you would not listen comes to you distinct and clear arise ye and depart for this is not your rest because it is polluted it shall destroy you even with a sore destruction return to your father's house he invites you saying return unto me for i have redeemed thee do not listen to the enemy's suggestion to stay away from christ until you have made yourself better until you are good enough to come to god if you wait until then you will never come when satan points to your filthy garments repeat the promise of jesus him that cometh to me i will in no wise cast out tell the enemy that the blood of jesus christ cleanses from all sin make the prayer of david your own purge me with hyssop and i shall be clean wash me and i shall be whiter than snow arise and go to your father he will meet you a great way off 
if you take even one step toward him in repentance he will hasten to enfold you in his arms of infinite love his ear is open to the cry of the contrite soul the very first reaching out of the heart after god is known to him never a prayer is offered however faltering never a tear is shed however secret never a sincere desire after god is cherished however feeble but the spirit of god goes forth to meet it even before the prayer is uttered or the yearning of the heart made known grace from christ goes forth to meet the grace that is working upon the human soul your heavenly father will take from you the garments defiled by sin in the beautiful parabolic prophecy of zechariah the high priest joshua standing clothed in filthy garments before the angel of the lord represents the sinner and the word is spoken by the lord take away the filthy garments from him and unto him he said behold i have caused thine iniquity to pass from thee and i will clothe thee with change of raiment so they set a fair mitre upon his head and clothed him with garments even so god will clothe you with the garments of salvation and cover you with the robe of righteousness though ye have lion among the pots yet shall ye be as the wings of a dove covered with silver and her feathers with yellow gold he will bring you into his banqueting house and his banner over you shall be love if thou wilt walk in my ways he declares i will give thee places to walk among these that stand by even among the holy angels that surround his throne as the bridegroom rejoiceth over the bride so shall thy god rejoice over thee he will save he will rejoice over thee with joy he will rest in his love he will joy over thee with singing and heaven and earth shall unite in the father's song of rejoicing for this my son was dead and is alive again he was lost and is found thus far in the saviour's parable there is no discordant note to jar the harmony of the scene of joy but now christ introduces another element when the prodigal came home the elder son was in the field and as he came and drew nigh to the house he heard music and dancing and he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant and he said unto him thy brother is come and thy father hath killed the fatted calf because he hath received him safe and sound and he was angry and would not go in this elder brother has not been sharing in his father's anxiety and watching for the one that was lost he shares not therefore in the father's joy at the wanderer's return the sounds of rejoicing kindle no gladness in his heart he inquires of a servant the reason of the festivity and the answer excites his jealousy he will not go in to welcome his lost brother the favor shown to the prodigal he regards as an insult to himself when the father comes out to remonstrate with him the pride and malignity of his nature are revealed he dwells upon his own life in his father's house as a round of unrequited service and then places in mean contrast the favor shown to the son just returned he makes it plain that his own service has been that of a servant rather than a son when he should have found an abiding joy in his father's presence his mind has rested upon the profit to accrue from his circumspect life his words show that it is for this he has forgone the pleasures of sin now if this brother is to share in the father's gifts the elder son counts that he himself has been wronged he grudges his brother the favor shown him he plainly shows that had he been in the father's place he would not have received the prodigal he does not even acknowledge him as a brother but coldly speaks of him as thy son yet the father deals tenderly with him son he says thou art ever with me and all that i have is thine through all these years of your brother's outcast life 
have you not had the privilege of companionship with me everything that could minister to the happiness of his children was freely theirs the son need have no question of gift or reward all that i have is thine you have only to believe my love and take the gift that is freely bestowed one son had for a time cut himself off from the household not discerning the father's love but now he has returned and the tide of joy sweeps away every disturbing thought this thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found was the elder brother brought to see his own mean ungrateful spirit did he come to see that though his brother had done wickedly he was his brother still did the elder brother repent of his jealousy and hard-heartedness concerning this christ was silent for the parable was still enacting and it rested with his hearers to determine what the outcome should be by the elder son were represented the unrepenting jews of christ's day and also the pharisees in every age who look with contempt upon those whom they regard as publicans and sinners because they themselves have not gone to great excesses in vice they are filled with self-righteousness christ met these cavillers on their own ground like the elder son in the parable they had enjoyed special privileges from god they claimed to be sons in god's house but they had the spirit of the hireling they were working not from love but from hope of reward in their eyes god was an exacting taskmaster they saw christ inviting publicans and sinners to receive freely the gift of his grace the gift which the rabbis hoped to secure only by toil and penance and they were offended the prodigal's return which filled the father's heart with joy only stirred them to jealousy in the parable the father's remonstrance with the elder son was heaven's tender appeal to the pharisees all that i have is thine not as wages but as a gift like the prodigal you can receive it only as the unmerited bestowal of the father's love self-righteousness not only leads men to misrepresent god but makes them cold-hearted and critical toward their brethren the elder son in his selfishness and jealousy stood ready to watch his brother to criticize every action and to accuse him for the least deficiency he would detect every mistake and make the most of every wrong act thus he would seek to justify his own unforgiving spirit many today are doing the same thing while the soul is making its very first struggles against a flood of temptations they stand by stubborn self-willed complaining accusing they may claim to be children of god but they are acting out the spirit of satan by their attitude toward their brethren these accusers place themselves where god cannot give them the light of his countenance many are constantly questioning wherewith shall i come before the lord and bow myself before the high god shall i come before him with burnt offerings with calves of a year old will the lord be pleased with thousands of rams or with ten thousands of rivers of oil but he hath shown thee o man what is good and what doth the lord require of thee but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy god this is the service that god has chosen to loose the bands of wickedness to undo the heavy burdens and to let the oppressed go free and that ye break every yoke and that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh when you see yourselves as sinners saved only by the love of your heavenly father you will have tender pity for others who are suffering in sin you will no longer meet misery and repentance with jealousy and censure when the ice of selfishness is melted from your hearts you will be in sympathy with god and will share his joy in the saving of the lost 
it is true that you claim to be a child of god but if this claim be true it is thy brother that was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found he is bound to you by the closest ties for god recognizes him as a son deny your relationship to him and you show that you are but a hireling in the household not a child in the family of god though you will not join in the greeting to the lost the joy will go on the restored one will have his place by the father's side and in the father's work he that is forgiven much the same loves much but you will be in the darkness without for he that loveth not knoweth not god for god is love end of chapter sixteen